All right, thank you for giving. If you've not been able to, please go to Simple Give. Uh, I know it's a, it's a touch later, but I want to go over something this morning that is very, very, very important. It does go with our theme. Our theme this year is More Church, and uh, we understand we've went over that and went over that, uh, and we will continue to talk about that throughout the year. Today, I want to be very, very specific as to our subject matter, which is uh, missions, as this is our International Sunday, and so um, I want to just kind of, it's, it's a little bit different, more informational. I want to go step by step about why we have missions, and it's why it's important for each and every one of us to be involved. It is important that we never get away as, from a church from our main purpose. If we get away from our main purpose, we're really not a church. We'll become a social club. We'll become just a hangout. And I'm all for social activities. I'm all for hanging out. But we can't forget our purpose. If we're not doing what, what we are supposed to do as a church, if we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing as an, invita as an invitation, as a, an individual, we're not fulfilling our responsibility. Remember years ago, I read a biography about John Wooden. And in his early days, before he even got to UCLA, he's probably considered the greatest college basketball coach of all time. He was coaching at a smaller college, and he had a good player on the team. And he said one time, this player came to complain to him. And his player came to him and said, you know, I'm trying to understand something here. He goes, every time I make a basket, and this was his top player, he goes, every time I make a basket, and I'm running back down the floor, I look at you, and you're shaking your head at me, like, he goes, why are you doing that? And John Woodham looked at him and said, because you're not supposed to be looking at me. You're supposed to be playing defense. <laughs> what, what was he saying? Quit looking for confirmation. Go do your job, okay? Uh, we all have a responsibility when it comes to missions. And I want to share that with us this morning. We'll look at the story as a jumping point, And then I'm just going to go point by point. And I want us to understand the importance of us being a part of missions. This is the story of Zacchaeus. He was a publican. Publican simply means tax collector. They were, they, were, they were typically Jewish people that worked for the Roman government to collect taxes. Now, we all understand that tax collectors aren't very popular today. How many of you like paying taxes? Because I was going to say, if you are, come see me. You can help me with mine, okay? They're not very popular. But also there was a double negative for this because here was a Jewish person working for the Romans who were really holding the Jews in oppression. And so they were not very, very, very popular. That's why it's a, it was a criticism they would throw at Christ. Oh, he's a friend of publicans and sinners. That's their way of saying sinners, bad people. And uh, they weren't very, very popular. And so here is Zacchaeus, and, and he is a, a publican. But he, he seemed to have everything he needed. Verse 2, there, you can beep your Bible open. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was chief among the publicans. Chief means a leader at the top of the food chain. And so uh, they would actually, when they would collect their taxes, they could be, uh, um, well, not much different from today. They could be uh, 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 not right, I guess. They could, um, what's the word I'm looking They could cheat. They could take more taxes, and they got to keep the difference. And they would have people that would work for them. And so they were out, in a sense, extorting a little bit extra for their pay. 
So he was, and he was at the top of the food chain. He had lots of wealth. He had position, power, possessions. But he realized something was missing. Verse 3. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press because he was little of stature. He was a short guy. And something inside of him, even though he had everything this world wanted, he heard about Jesus and I wanted to go see, and he wanted to go see him. Verse 4. So he ran ahead ran before, and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass their way. Think of the humility of this man who had everything. He had power over them to get their money. And yet here he was, he couldn't get there, and he's like, I want to see Christ. And he was willing to run down the road and climb up a tree to be able to see him. Something great is about to happen to him. This man who had everything that earth had to offer will finally receive something far greater. Verse 5. And when Jesus came to the place where he was, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. He stops and looks right at this man. Why? Jesus knew he was looking for something. Jesus knew, I I believe that he was sincere and really wanted help. And Jesus said, come on down, we're going to go to your house today. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be guest with man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, now listen to this, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I had taken anything from any man by false accusation, and he was a tax collector, so we know he did, I restore him fourfold. So man, I'm going to give half my money to the poor. I'm, giving, I'm going to give the money I took back with extra. Then Jesus said unto him, this day is salvation come to my house, come to this house. Not because he did those things. Those things were an evidence outwardly of the salvation he had received inwardly. He gets saved. He really gets saved. And his eternal destiny is changed forever. Now, that's a backdrop to the next verse as Jesus is going to tell, the, tell us his whole purpose in coming to this earth. Look at verse 10. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Isn't that what he just did? He came, and here's this man that, the, that the, 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 the Jews, the people there, thought as an exceeding sinner, means synonymous with a sinner, and he gets saved, and he's already experiencing and showing the evidence as in the fruit of that salvation. And then Jesus uses that to say, hey, look, that's why I came. I have come to seek and to save that which was lost. That was Christ's mission. That was Christ's purpose. Yes, he does all the other things. He came to give us comfort. He came to, he came to give us a, all these things. I get it. But his number one mission was first and foremost salvation from sin. That was it. All those other things we get are wrapped in that package of salvation. The loneliness some people experience, the discouragement and all that stuff and all the stuff that God can help them with, that is all inside of the package which is called salvation. But the main thing is the message. The main thing is the gift. There are people like Zacchaeus all over this world. Some of them 
If they've, if they've worked hard or whatever, they may have all these things that the world has to offer. But the fact of the matter is, most of the people in this world don't have anything that this world has to offer. But regardless of what they have, a lot, some, a little, none, all of them need this one thing, the Son of Man who came to seek and to save that which was lost. The mission or pur purpose of our Lord ought to be the mission and the purpose of every Christian and every church to get the gospel, the good news out. We could state it simply as this, the purpose of the church is missions. So I don't understand that because missions is anybody, anywhere, any place, any time. See, we live in a country where you can, you can hear the gospel anywhere. You can live in any state in any city in this country, and you could probably find a church where somebody believes the gospel. You can't do that in 90% of this world, at least. Someone gets up in some foreign country and says, you know this God, I, I want to learn about this God. They have nowhere to go. Nowhere to go. That's the purpose of the church. It's International Sunday. This is not our missions conference. That's going to be in September. We'll, it will have a full-blown. But still, we have a responsibility to our missionaries we already support. And we have a responsibility to take on more. Our teams overseas are, are now to the point where, where they are training the nationals. And they have these groups every year that are graduating from their colleges. And they're ready right now to go out and share the gospel and, and multiply what our teams are doing around this world. But they need support and able to, to be able to do that. And by the way, they don't need as much support as someone from the states. And I'm all for everybody from the states going. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying we have that opportunity. And even before our missions conference, I want to take some of those guys on. But we have to make sure as a church that, that and by saying, what are we talking about, Pastor, when we're talking about missions? Here it is. You ready? Money. That's what it takes. And I'm going to explain why in a minute. We want to be a church that is a great missions church. And by the way, we have been. I didn't understand that as I, was, as I was a new Christian, I was growing up, to be honest with you. I've mentioned before, and I won't go to the story, uh, that I only, I only went to church one year before I went to Bible college. I was as green as they get. And I remember I wanted to be at every single church service, and I remember I was sick. I had the flu, and I, I missed a Wednesday night, and my mom went, and my aunt. And they came back, and I'm like, what do you preach on tonight? And they're like, well, Brother Black didn't preach tonight. We had a missionary. And I'm like, wow, I didn't miss anything. I didn't know what that even was. I remember my college was a great college, but you know what? They didn't really talk a lot about missions. And so once we got out, we started seeing, hey, it's our responsibility. Someone came to our church when we were about six years old and said, hey, you got a great church, but you're not a church yet. Because we weren't supporting missionaries. And so we started supporting. It's very, very important. I believe God has blessed our church, and I have no idea why. I believe God's given us some favor, and I don't know why. But I think I know one of the reasons, because our church is interested in getting the gospel out to this world. Our church has been a great church in giving and sending people out, and we need to continue to do that, or else we'll lose God's blessing. God's not interested in the social club that only cares about right here. 
And I want God to bless us, and I want to do the right thing. So I'm going to give you just several things really quick to help us so we understand the importance of this. And then I'm just going to be honest with you. At the end, when we get to the message at the end, the invitation this, this, this morning is we're going to take an, a faith promise offering, and I'll explain that to you. So when we get to the end, don't just take off at the end. I want us to get this. It's important. All of us, our kids, our, our teenagers involved in some way. Let me just give you some thoughts straightforward here, and we'll be done. Number one, missions and the gospel were Christ's purpose for coming. That's it. John 10, 10. For the Son of Man uh, is come to seek and to save that which was lost. John 10, 10. I am come that they might have life. When we think about missions, we think about somebody coming and going to a foreign land to give the gospel. That's what the Lord Jesus Christ did. He came to this earth from, from the thrones of heaven and he came down here to give his life and to get the gospel out. Really, he was the first missionary. Someone has said God only had one son and he made him a missionary. His purpose was to sacrifice and pay for our sins. And I understand that we have joy in our life before, because of that. I understand that we now have a purpose that we may not have had before. I understand that he gives us a, a, a new life. He can give us victory over all the things that we're causing defeat in our life. But let me just tell you something. His purpose for us when all those things happen is to be a witness of the gospel to everybody we come in contact with. Because that's what he did. The greatest gift was salvation, and that's why Jesus Christ came to this earth. And I'll say this before I move on. If maybe you're new here and you've been here and you've not received that gift of salvation, that's the call for you. You don't need to give to missions. You need to get saved. I got saved at church. I knew the truth, and I was avoiding it, and I heard it on a Sunday morning, and I went down and I received Christ as my Savior. If that's you this morning, we'll help you with that later. Number two, Christians are Christ's messengers of the gospel. Once Jesus fulfilled his purpose, granting all of us an opportunity for salvation, he needed a way for that message to get out. Not billboards, not radio, although I'm not against all that. You know how he gets his message out? Christians to other people. Person to person. That is what he uses. God chose Christians as his method. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20, we know it well. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always even unto the end of the world. Jesus said, listen, I'm leaving here. You need to go. You need to get the gospel out. You need to help people to find Christ. You need to encourage them to be baptized. You need to encourage them to grow in their faith and teach them the things. And what was the thing he was teaching them here? To go out and reach people. It's a never-ending cycle. He has chosen us. Now, I understand if you're new, that's kind of daunting, right? Like, wow, I'm supposed to share the gospel? Yeah. I don't know how to do that. We can help you with that. But you can start easy. Give people an invitation to church. Do it all the time. We'll just go. Look, I didn't even know how to share the gospel. I knew my friends needed to be saved. They're like, what's going on with you? I'm like, I'm going to church. Come with me. They're like, okay. I just knew they needed Christ, right? So I'd come to church, and I'd walk them down the aisle. They'd come, I'd just say, come with me. They're like, oh, okay. I'd go to Dave Sisson. And I didn't know. I should have called him Brother Sisson, but I was new. Dave! This is my friend. He needs to get saved. Can you talk to him? 
That's all I knew how to do. I, had, I brought one of my friends. I had no clue what to do. And I said, you come to church with me on a Wednesday night, and, and we'll feed you dinner. I told my mom, my buddy's coming. He's going to come to church with me, but we need to feed him dinner. And so he got there early, and I had his plate where we were going to put the food. And I had like six tracks around it, the little chick tracks, right? This is your life. You know, hell is hot. I don't know. I was just putting it there. I was, I was clueless. I'm like, my mom's finishing dinner. Read those real quick, okay? I didn't know what to do. But I found out it was my responsibility, and I, I, and I had someone that, that shared with me how I can do that. You can go out with the church. You can carry tracks. You can look for opportunities. We make this the core of everything that we do. The gospel's got to be front and center. What does it matter if we pack this building out? And yet we hide the truth of the gospel. Are we helping anybody? You don't hide it. I'm glad it wasn't hidden from me. We can't excuse our way out of it. If we're, and, and, I'm, and I'm saying this kindly because I, I, I want us to grow, I want you to grow to this. But if we are to be obedient Christians, we have to be involved with sharing the gospel. We do. If this isn't my command. That was his command to us. We can't excuse our way out of it. You can't give your, well, pastor, I'll just give more money. Give more money, but you're still not obedient, okay? You don't have to choose between the two. Do both. Number three, the church is God's agency to reach this world. You see, we, we know we have a responsibility as a church in our city. We're in Long Beach, California, and all the surrounding areas, we know we have a responsibility to do all we can to get the truth of Christ out to our area. That's why we have different ministries. That's why we go out at certain times. That's why we have tracks in there so you can grab a handful. You know it would be a really good goal? Everybody to pass out one a day. Grab seven of them. Six. You don't have to pass out one on Sunday. You'll be here. And if we're here, we all go to church already, right? So grab six of them and pass one out every day. Hey, this is a church I go to. Just want to invite you to come. You'd be surprised. People, people are a little more open than you think they are. But we do that. It's our responsibility. Jesus made it clear that the church is responsible through Christians, as we mentioned in point two, to share the gospel with the entire world. Acts chapter one and verse eight. This is really the last little thing he said to those group of believers there before he ascended to heaven. And here's what he said. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both or simultaneously in Jerusalem, all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. In other words, he's telling us where we're to take the gospel. He says, you start right there in Jerusalem where you're at and you can just check out the other ones, just a little bit farther, a little bit farther, a little bit farther. And basically our goal is the whole world. It is our goal to get the gospel to the whole world. It is our, goal is the wrong word, I'm sorry, our responsibility to get the gospel to the whole world. You say, Pastor, that sounds a little bit hard. It is, and I'll explain how we can do that in a minute. But we have to understand, first and foremost, it's our responsibility. We have to be involved with getting the gospel everywhere else. You say, Pastor, I've been coming to church, I'm new, and I came here because I want to hear things that help me. Sometimes we need to step up and go to a different level. God doesn't want Christianity just to be about us. It's about others. And sometimes we need to take that next step and that next level in our Christianity. And we do that by getting the gospel out. Somehow, some way, we are to do it. We can't just focus in our little area. You know, several of our missionaries, most of the guys from our church, have been to um, Alaska before. And they've, uh, they've been there, and uh, churches there invite them in for missions conferences and so forth. And in Alaska, 
the cities, some of these churches in, they're not very big. They're little towns, and because of the weather and so forth, you know, there's just not a lot of population there. And they're doing a job reaching their area there. But what these, what these churches have done is like, even though we're trying to reach our area, and our area isn't that big, like our area, we can expand and expand and expand, and we're never going to be short of people. But they have that little small area, and sometimes it's, the, 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 it's inhospitable. The, the, so you know what they do? They support a lot of missionaries. They say, as we're trying to reach our little area, and it's kind of small, one thing we can also do, because we do have resources and we don't have as many people, is we're going to pour money into the missionaries that are going. Years ago, one of our missionaries told us that this one church said, you know, they didn't need to expand necessarily because, you know, they needed a huge, bigger building, but they wanted a newer building, and they were starting to raise money for a building program, and the pastor said, you know what, stop, we don't need another building. We're fine here. Let's take that much money and let's invest it in worldwide missions. There's a church that saw their purpose. There's a church that saw their responsibility. We need to see our responsibility. Number four, the goal of getting the gospel out is only achieved when Christians go. I want you to turn to this verse, please. Romans chapter number 10. These are very familiar verses. Let's turn over there, please. Uh, Romans chapter number 10. I want you to see this point here. <clears throat> We're going to look at verse 9. If you've ever shared the gospel with somebody, you know these verses well. Romans chapter 10 and verse 9. It says this in verse 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. In other words, when we, we hear the truth of the gospel, we believe the truth of the gospel, we believe it in our heart, we now confess it to the Lord with our mouth and ask for salvation, that, and basically what we're believing in our heart. That's how we get saved. He says it down in verse 13. For whosoever, just to boil it together, shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We hear the truth of the gospel. We're convicted of our sin. And we, we, we believe in our heart that he is Christ and he is the only way to heaven. And then we call upon the name of the Lord and we're saved. But you know the verses don't stop there. Now he's going to take it a step further. Because although these are soul winning verses, really... They're missions verses. Because let's continue the context. Verse 14. After he reminds them of how to get saved, he says, how shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and that bring glad tidings of great things. Do you see the progression? He says, this is how you get saved, and then he says uh, this. Look at the progression. People are saved by calling upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We know that. But they can't call on him if they don't believe. You have to believe, right? Our calling on the Lord is a, is a, is a, uh, 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 a byproduct of the fact we believe on him. So they have to believe, but they can't believe if they've never heard. they got to hear first. Then they can believe and receive. But they can't hear if they're not told. Someone's got to tell them. And they can't be told if no one goes to tell. 
and they have to be sent. Here, let's just have a service. I'm going to send you all. Go. Go get the gospel out everywhere you can. And we send out missionaries and we support those who are being sent because the gospel, the verses we use for salvation are no good if no one goes out and no one tells them. They can't do those things to get saved if no one goes to them. You say, can't they just, I've heard people, people you know, I just had a dream and Joseph, Jesus spoke to me in a dream. I don't believe that. that. That's not how people get saved. Now, if a person does that, it's already because someone's told them the truth of the gospel. Right? They have to hear it from somebody. The Ethiopian eunuch was in the, the chariot reading the best verses on salvation in the Old Testament. And God sent Philip, said, you got to go talk to this guy. And he brought Philip there. Philip got in the chariot. The guy read the verses to Philip and said, who's he talking about, himself or somebody else? And Philip told him the gospel and he got saved. Why? He needed someone there to tell him. God wants us to tell. God wants our church to send people to go. Number five, those who aren't going globally should support those who are. That's the point here. The point is here. If we all have a responsibility to take the gospel to the ends of the world, and by the way, if God's called some of you to do that, you need to quit messing around, you need to go. Some of you young people need to quit listening to your friends. And you need to listen to God. Okay, well, if I blah, 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 quit listening to them. God wants you to go. But that's, that's his message, that's the same message, but just listen to that. But what if God's not called us to go? What if we're here? Well, he wants us to get the gospel out here while we're involved with getting the gospel there. How do you do that? Let's support those who are going. You know, there's William Carey. He was a famous Baptist missionary. He was motivated, he motivated a man named Andrew Fuller to form a group called the Baptist Missionary Society. At the age of 33, Carey volunteered to be the first messenger to go to India. Fuller said of India, and it's lost, there is a gold mine in India, but it seems as deep as the center of the earth. Who will venture to explore it? Here's what William Carey said. I will go down. But remember, you must hold the rope. He said, I'll go. He said, what the, he was given a picture. Look down, like a big cavern and go down to India and reach. He goes, I'll go. But who's going to hold my rope? Now, there's several ways we hold the rope. We'll pray, you know, all this encourage. Hey, what about financial support? And, and I don't mean this disrespectfully. Please, take it in the, in the spirit in which I'm giving it. You can't eat prayer. Well, I'll pray that God provides food for him. While you're praying for God to support food, finances, all the things they need to live on the mission field, as you're praying for that, why don't you, why don't you give some money? That's a cop-out. 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 I can only give a dollar or two. Then give a dollar or two to missions. Okay? Some people can give more, some can't, but all of us can do something. If they're going and they're over there, why can't we help support? Do you know they need to be supported? They, they, they've got to be able to, get, you know, believe it or not, they, they want a place to live. Believe it or not, they don't want to have to worry about not having food. And by the way, they're not getting rich. 
And by the way, a lot of places are going, these people are poor, they're not going to be able to give like we can give to take the needs of the church, they're going to have to help take the needs of the church, factor that all in. Can we not help them? Can't we just be a blessing and, and let them on our, support them on our behalf so they don't have to worry about that and they can get the gospel out to this world? I think we can do that. Number six, and I just said this, financial support must be supplied to those who go. To those who go. We do that through what we call faith promise, and we're going to take it in a minute. Faith promise is where is money we give over and above the tithe. We understand the tithe goes to the church. By faith, we say, God, what would you provide for me to be able to give either on a weekly or monthly basis towards missions to be involved? I'm not saying everybody here needs to give $100 or $1,000. Some of you could. But like something to be involved, to say, I'm going to be involved in some way to support these guys that are out doing the work. By the way, you know, you'll be encouraged. We show those missionary videos every Thursday night for a reason. I want to see what's going on. They sit here and tell us about the guy in the village that was saved. Our money, our money went to that. I didn't even know this, and I've mentioned, I haven't been a while, but, and, and I'm not a big deal, but uh, many, many years ago, Brother Board just in his little prayer letter said, hey, we're, we're going to a new village, and, and we need some tracks. And um, just, I had money, so I, I sent him a couple hundred bucks. Text me later and said, you know, thank you for buying those tracks for us. And then he told me, he goes, we've got a church started there after we went with all those tracks. Now, look, I didn't do any of the work. Don't, don't, I don't, there's no reward here, right? I didn't do any of the work. They did all the work, but can't we just pitch in to get them some tracks? Can, can we just pitch in? As we're giving to that youth conference, look, we're doing nothing. And our youth conference here. You see how it is. It's crazy. It's crowded. There's a lot of effort in the background. There's a lot of expense. They're doing all that. We're not doing anything. Can't we just help financially? Be a blessing? They're doing the work, but you know why they're doing the work? It'd be nice if they didn't have to worry about all the finances. That's the point. And so missions about, is about, if you're not going, missions is about giving to those who are going. Number seven, I'm just about done. Giving financially allows us to be obedient to our global responsibility. Now, you, you, you know, if you're young and you've been called to, I called Mission Field and you're putting that off, you, you're not being obedient. Quit giving your way out of it. Get going. But we're not going. If you're not going, you know what? Let me be involved with this in giving a little bit towards our missionaries. I can be obedient and help them on our behalf to get out there and do the work. Then number eight, how can each of us be involved in fulfilling God's command? Three quick things, then we're going to pray and we're going to take our faith promise offering. I hope you'll be involved. First of all, we start by sharing the gospel personally. Everything starts with that. Nothing we, listen, nothing we do absolves us of that responsibility. Right? It's, it's not. You have that responsibility. So some shape, some way, grow in that area so that you can get the gospel out. Next, we must be willing to go personally. By the way, families, don't, don't keep your children and your young people and your singles from going. Well, you know, I, I want this one to be a doctor. Man, I've seen their math grades. They might want to just stick with being an auto mechanic. There's nothing wrong with that. Everybody wants their kid to be a doctor or a lawyer. Okay? 
Uh, and very few people can do that. I couldn't do it. I'm like, come on now. But, but you know why we do that? Financial stability. We want them to be rich. We want them to have money. By the way, I'm not against people in the church making money. Okay? If that's what God wants you to do, work hard at your job and go for it. Don't make it your God. But I think wherever you work, you ought to be a hard worker. Right? I mean, there's nothing wrong. But if God wants you, let, let, let's, but, but the point is, let's, let's, let's be willing. And then pray for them. But let God speak to you about what he wants you to do financially. Financially. We're going to take our faith promise now in a minute. And here's the point. What would God have you give on either, you could do it weekly or monthly to missions. We already have about 90 that are on the field that we support. And we need to make sure we take care of them. And we can't wait till September to take the faith promise. They need that money. We need to do it. And we need to take some of our nationals on. And our ability to take them on is determined by, by our, our uh, commitment to give so we can take them on. And by the way, let me say this. Giving to missions is, again, this is, this is if you're newer here, this is top-level Christianity, so, so don't, don't choke on it, okay? But, but giving to missions to me is one of the most spiritual things a church does. By the way, thank you for our building. Our building's about done, and we desperately need it. By the way, some of the guys aren't waiting, right? They're, they're like, hey, can you know, I heard there's been a lot of Bible studies out on the gym floor. They're having a good time with that. Our Sunday school teachers are like, hey, when are we going to have classes inside, right? The nursery's like, can we get over here where the hallway is big enough for us to actually walk through it, okay? And that's for us. And by the way, it's for our community here that we're trying to reach, and I'm all for that. See you in May. But we're given to missions we're not seeing anything. Ain't nobody going to be in here that was reached from on the mission field. We're not, we're not out in the villages seeing what they're doing. Now, we'll see it on video, but we're not experiencing it. You know what we're doing? We're saying, I'm giving it by faith so those guys can do, do work. And the only time we're really going to see the full effect of our giving is when we get to heaven. But it's worth every minute. And it's worth every penny. And so I want us to be a church that thinks about that and is involved in that, not just here but worldwide. Let's bow our head and close our eyes for a minute. Let's not, no leaving if we could, please. I know the ushers are going to get ready for a minute. But I want us to think about this because I want us to be obedient. I want God to continue to take care of us and bless us here, and he won't if we're not willing to be involved with missions out there. If we're not willing to give outside of ourselves for something that we'll never see, for something we'll never be a part of, and that's very important. Now, before I do that, I will ask this, because we have new people here every week, and maybe you're here, and you're not a Christian. You've never received the gospel. You've never trusted Christ. I would be wrong as a pastor not to mention that in a message that's talking about getting the gospel out to the world when you're here. Maybe you're here this morning, and you're like, Pastor, I don't really get all of that because I'm not a child of God. I'm not a Christian. I'm probably like you were when you walked into church and you didn't know Christ. If you're here this morning, let me ask you this question. Are you 100% for sure that if you were to die today, you'd go to heaven or do you have some doubt? With nobody looking around, if you're like, Pastor, that's me. I'm not 100% for sure 
that if I were to die, that I go to heaven. But that's something I'd like to know. With nobody looking around, would you just raise your hand real quick and I'll acknowledge your hand. Anybody at all? I'm not going to call you to come up here, but I want us to think in our hearts here for a minute. Lord, how do you want me to be involved in missions? In 1994, our church decided to take on six missionaries. We took a faith promise offering. My wife and I made a promise. We do ours monthly. I believe it was something like 25 or 50, I'm not sure, something like that. And every year since then, we've increased it. Do the math, that's 94, 04, 14, that's almost 30 years. 30, actually, it is 30 years. It's a good amount now. And I'm great with that. And God's always provided because I want to be involved. What would God have you give this morning? The quietness, well, let's take a few seconds here. Lord, how do you want me to be involved? By the way, I think our teenagers, no, no, God, give. Our children give, you know, we have the children's missionary offering. They may give a dollar or two, but they're giving to that. They're involved in it. May God work in their hearts as they continue to do so. How does God want us to be involved?